0: The reading this morning can be found on page 1176, and we're reading from Ephesians chapter 5, starting from verse 1. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking which are out of place but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure or greedy person, such a person is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Uh, Thanks, Susan, and uh, good morning, everyone. All right, it's good to be together. I'm going to pray and then we're going to get straight down to the business of the word. It's a great business to be in, isn't it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, darkness prevails uh, all over and yet you are light uh, and the light of life was in your Son and your Word brings life and light and uh, give us attention to it now that we might live in the light. In Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Do hope you you have your Bibles open to page 1176 in front of you there. And as you're opening, I want to start with a question. The question is this. Why do Christians do good stuff? Why do Christians do good things? Is it A, to win or earn God's favour, which when you think about it is really to say out of fear, out of fear that we might fall out of his favour without doing good stuff? Is it A? Is it B, because it pays off? Is it C, because it separates us from those other people out there? A, B, or C. Which is it? Seems um, to me like there's a never-ending stream of books about Nazi Germany and the Holocaust. Uh, We've been helping our eldest son study for his yearly exams. I know what you're thinking. You wish you could be me. Yes. And uh, one of the novels they studied was called The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, which is uh, about an unlikely friendship between a German boy and a Jewish boy inside a concentration camp. Uh, There was another book written about uh, concentration camps by a guy called Viktor Frankl. He was an acclaimed Austrian psychiatrist. He was also a Jewish man who was sent to Auschwitz and then other camps uh, associated with the notorious Dachau concentration camp. And he wrote a book describing the life of an ordinary inmate of one of these camps from the objective perspective of a psychiatrist, or at least as objective as you could get. And literally translated from the German, the book is titled, Saying Yes to Life in Spite of Everything. Don't you think that's a wonderful title? Uh, Frankl, Viktor Frankl, he was imprisoned with uh, many people who had lived moral good lives in society when it had paid off, when it had brought them safety, when it had brought them self-esteem. But when they got into a place where nearly all unselfish behavior was costly or even fatal, what he noticed is that people became selfish. And even vicious in order to survive. And you notice there were basically three kinds of people. There were those that that sort of retreated into themselves, literally curling themselves up into a ball and dying. Uh, But of the remaining people, there were those who became utterly selfish and cruel to others, though they were previously very moral and good people when it had paid off. And then there were a few, the very few, who maintained an unselfish, caring posture. But even those you might suspect were like that out of a sort of pride that they wouldn't be like those other people, that they'd be a better sort of person. So why do you think Christians do good stuff? Is it A, to win or earn God's favour? That is basically out of fear. Is it B, because it pays off, at least until it stops paying off, like Frankel discovered in the concentration camp? Is it C, because it separates us from those other people. In other words, really out of a self-righteous kind of pride. Uh, Maybe it's D, all of the above. Maybe it's E, none of the above. Hopefully it's not F. (laughs) We don't actually do good stuff and couldn't be bothered. Today we're talking about walking in the light. We're talking about the journey of holiness. And if we're going to do good stuff as Christian people, if we're going to be holy people, if we're going to walk in the light as we walk with God, I think we need to know why we do good stuff. I mean, why would you give generously to the Roof Project? Why would you serve in one of the various ministries that happen here at St. Matthew's? Why would you help refugees? Why would you live holy lives? Why journey in holiness? It's a question we're looking at today. As Bruce has mentioned, we're in the second last week of our commitment series, Walking with God. I want to thank you for all the encouraging feedback. Uh, And I'm especially glad so many people have appreciated the contributions from the various writers in our church who put together the devotional booklet. Thank you for all that. And so far, through the booklets, through the preaching, what we've seen is that we're on a journey. It's a journey of faith with God, who is our all in all, but also with other believers as well, towards heaven, heaven, where we will inherit the universe. Which means we can be content with whatever God has given us here on earth. And it means we live in prayerful dependence upon Him day by day. And today we're going to see from Ephesians 5, page 1176, how and why we walk in the light. Why we ought to live holy lives. And uh, folks, there are just two points for today and they both come from verse 8. So I want you to have verse 8 open in front of you. Uh, I want everyone to read it from the Bible. Okay, so no one should be looking at me. Even if there's not a Bible in front of you, just look down and pretend. Okay, but verse 8, have a look at this. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. And so it really doesn't matter if you forget every single one of my 3,000 words today if you remember those 12 words. Now you are light in the Lord, live as children of the light. Because those 12 words are all about holiness. And the first point today is the first half of that. Now we are light in the Lord. And the rest of the message, the rest of the passage expands on that second half. Live as children of the light. But first up, now we are light in the Lord. Now let's break that down into its parts. The Apostle Paul says to the Ephesian Christians, now you are, now we are light in the Lord. But if you think about it, that now we are is all about timing and status. Because what it's saying is that once we weren't light in the Lord. Now that earlier part of verse 8 reminds us that once we Christians were in darkness, in other words, we lived in ignorance, and we lived in our own sins and the attendant judgment, and we were groping around in the darkness, grasping and unable to help ourselves, lift ourselves out of the darkness. And if you're here today not as a believer in Jesus yet, I hope you feel welcome. I also humbly and respectfully need you to see the Scriptures describe you as in the darkness of sin and ignorance of God. And let me say, I don't look down on you, for, we don't look down on you for that because every Christian person here was also once groping in the darkness of our own sin and ignorance. We're not better people. So we really have no cause for judgment. And yet this passage says, somewhat extraordinarily, but now we are light in the Lord. Something's changed. And Christians are described as light in the Lord. As a present reality, it doesn't say work to become light. Try really hard and then for just one day, in a special moment, you might eclipse the darkness if you try really hard to do good stuff. It says you are. We are light in the Lord. Christians have that status presently, right now, in the Lord because of all that Jesus has done for us, rescuing us from the darkness. You were once in darkness, he says, but now you are light in the Lord. It's a present reality. Now, verse 8, it doesn't use the word holiness, but the whole verse, the whole passage is really about holiness. And so what we're going to do is we're going to get our theological barbells out. We're going to do a little bit of heavy lifting with this idea of holiness, this idea of light, because there are really two kind of components or parts to holiness the first is sometimes called justification and that means the very minute your spiritual eyes are open to see Jesus as Lord and Savior and you trust in his life and death and resurrection God justifies us that means he makes a legal decision to treat us as Light, as innocent, as not guilty. Not because we are all those things in our natural selves, but because when we trust in His Son's life and death and resurrection, He views us not according to what we have done, but according to what Jesus has done. In other words, He doesn't treat us as our sin and our ignorance deserves. He gives us what Jesus' perfect life deserves. You see, it's more than just forgiveness. God views us not according to our imperfections and sins, but according to Jesus' perfection and innocence, according to His light. And it's not that we magically become perfect, but God, who is the judge, makes a legal decision or declaration that we are as innocent, as light, as holy as Jesus was in His earthly life. Now, that is called justification. It happens the very second you trust wholeheartedly in the Lord. We are not light in ourselves, but we are light in the Lord. It's a present status for all Christians. God declares us to be light and holy and innocent. And my goodness, don't you think that is just the most wonderful, amazing thing? Don't you? I cannot think of a place in the New Testament that describes us Christians as sinners in the present tense. Yeah, that's how we often think of ourselves. The New Testament describes us as saints. Did you know that? Now that's justification. That's the first part of holiness. Second part of holiness is called sanctification. And that's the component of holiness where the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, right? God's at work in our lives, like we celebrated on Wednesday night. And he's and he's sanding off the rough edges of our characters. And he's shaping us increasingly into people who actually resemble the Lord Jesus. And it's slow and it's painful and it's microscopic progress at times. But sanctification is that part of holiness where our deeds and our thoughts and what we do in our lives become better and, and purer and more loving and holier and more like Jesus' life. So in justification part of holiness, God says, you are right now light in the Lord Jesus. And at the same time in the sanctification part, God's Spirit says, yep, but there's work to do in our lives and we slowly live more and more like Jesus. We live as children of the light. And they're the two parts of holiness, justification and sanctification. Now you are light in the Lord, so live as children of the light. And um, maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, like Jono in the video. Maybe you've been a Christian since you were seven years old, and you think, yeah, that's not really heavy lifting, Scott. That's kind of theology 101. It's very important to understand this in the, the far reaches of our minds and the deep wellsprings of our souls, because most Christians most of the time get it the wrong way around. Most of us rely on our sanctification for our justification. We trust in our Christian living, we trust in our sincerity in worship, we trust in our recent religious performance, we trust in the the relative infrequency of our willful disobedience, especially in blatant areas like sexual sin and drunkenness, and we trust all that to be the basis of our acceptability before God, and it's the wrong way around, because actually... We're not supposed to trust in our spiritual and moral performance, our sanctification, as the grounds for our acceptability before God. We trust Christ. He is the one and only ground of our acceptance before God. He is our justification. And because we've already been declared to be innocent or justified or holy or light, that is what forms the basis of our Christian living. Our justification in Christ is the basis for our sanctification, our Christian living, our kind of lived out holiness, not the other way around. And most of the time, most of us get it the other way around. Listen again to the words of St. Paul. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of the light. I remember growing up and I had a friend called Jeff. And I just reckon everyone should have a friend called Jeff. And he was a really decent guy. Uh, he was a little bit oversensitive, um, especially when it came to, to girls. And we would have been 17, and my youngest sister must have said something to Jeff about a girl that he liked. And the details are quite hazy in my mind, but I clearly remember him saying to me that my sister should be shot. Which, you know, was a bit excessive, I thought. <laughs> School suspension or a month in the stocks, but... Uh, You know, we lived in that era before things like what happened yesterday in Paris happened. And so when he said that she should be shot, it wasn't sinister and it wasn't dark. It was just stupid, just idiocy. And uh, I don't even remember this, but I must have just told him that he was an idiot. And I don't remember it, but my sister must have heard me say it because it changed our relationship. She realized that I was for her. Perhaps for the very first time, she was convinced that I was for her. Whereas previously, she thought that I was always for my friends, over and against her. And when she realized that I was for her, and I wouldn't just back up my friends regardless, when she realized I was for her, totally changed our relationship. Now, if you think God is against you, holiness is an awful word and a terrible concept. If you think that He's mean, He's trying to catch you out, He's trying to trip you up, this idea of holiness Christian living, living as a child of the light is an awful burden because we all know that it's impossible to to ever live up to that standard and I think you will feel overcome by your own inadequacy and I think you will start to hate him for putting such a burden upon you. But when you know that God is for you, and how couldn't he be for us when he did not even spare his own son but gave him up for us? When you are convinced that God is for us, it changes the relationship. And holiness becomes a beautiful word. Firstly, because it describes what God has done for us in Christ. It describes the status we now have if we trust in Jesus. That God might view us as holy and innocent as Jesus was in his earthly life. Rather than treating us as our sins deserve. That God might declare us not guilty. That he might say, you once were darkness, but now... Now you are light in the Lord. Uh, So beautiful because it means we don't do good stuff, walk in holiness out of fear because it pays off, out of pride. We do it because he's already declared us to be light. When we know God is for us in Christ, we do good stuff simply to live as we've already been declared to be. To be light. so that wraps up the first point. point first seven words now you are light in the lord we better get on with the rest hey so second point for today is this live as children of the light now we are light in the lord and so secondly live as children of the light or walk in the light and that's what the rest of the passage is about it's about walking in the light living as children in the light walking in holiness few weeks ago we were having dinner with some chums and uh, the kids are sort of hanging around a bit idly and uh, sometimes kids come up to you and they say things like I don't know what to do which you think sounds like a statement it's not a statement it's a question they're saying can I play video games they're just phrasing it in a different way and uh, we said to them no look go have a run outside you know have a play interact with other human beings live a little you know don't care what you do as long as the police don't get called paramedics don't get called God doesn't strike you down with lightning, anything else, just go for it, (laughs) have some fun. So they thought, we'll play this game where we all run around really fast in the dark. Now technically, that was within the boundaries that I had mentioned, and they were all having a really fine time until, bang, two of them ran straight into each other, full pelt, head first. And there they were, down on the ground, not moving, not crying, not anything. It's a bit worrying, except that uh, one of our friends was an emergency doctor. You see, we brought our own paramedics, <laughs> and he didn't look too worried. So if he wasn't worried, I wasn't going to be worried. But it was a, uh, a really vivid metaphor of the folly of running in the darkness. And that's what the rest of this passage in Ephesians 5 is about. You see, it tells us there in verse 11, have a look in your Bibles. Verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Or Verse 15, be very careful how we live. But the passage is not just about the dangers of running or walking in the darkness, living in sin. It's not mainly about the shame of sinful deeds and ungodly living, though that is part of the vibe you see there in verse 12. It's it's more about the illogic of walking in darkness when you have been declared by God to actually be light. To be light now in the Lord. So now you are light, now we are light, live as children of the light. It just doesn't make sense. To be involved in the fruitless deeds of darkness now that we are light in the Lord. It makes sense to be fruitful in deeds of goodness and righteousness and truth. Do you get the logic that he's working with there. The Apostle Paul is saying that the journey of holiness, walking in the light, is essentially about being who you already are, about being what you've already been declared by God to be, that is, light, and living according to that declaration. So you get the logic of it uh, and you understand the dangers of walking in the darkness when you've been declared by God to be light. Well, let's have a look at some of the details the Apostle mentions there in verse 10 to 20. A first detail that appears both verse 10 and verse 17 is understanding God's desires for how we ought to live. Very easy to come up with our own desires for how to live. Uh, It says, find out what pleases the Lord and understand what the Lord's will is. So just that basic habit of reading our Bibles, like Jono was talking about, listening to it being explained, not thinking that we know better, and putting it into practice is one of those positive things we're going to want to do if we hope to walk in the light and live holy and godly lives. And I really am delighted that... um, The devotional booklets have been so helpful for so many people. But I really hope that you not just maintain the rage with that booklet through the end of two weeks' time. But it's a habit that you can continue once the Walking with God series is over. So that will help understand what the Lord's will is. Next up, when this passage talks about fruitless deeds of darkness that are dangerous and illogical for Christians who have been declared light... The usual suspects emerge in verse 18. Have a look there. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Uh, And so drunkenness and illicit sex, they're kind of the obvious suspects, aren't they? But just because they're obvious doesn't mean they can be overlooked. Uh, The truth is some of us drink too much too often. Uh, Possibly in polite and respectable ways, and that is both inappropriate and illogical for people who've been declared to be holy by God. Some of us dabble with illicit sexual liaisons and encounters with people with whom we're not married, and that's dangerous and it's nonsensical for people who were once in darkness but who are now light in the Lord. And uh, let me say, friends, if that describes you today, you need to repent and receive forgiveness from God. And I think you should do that today. As children of the light, we have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but we actually expose them Not through judgmental talk, but through godly living. Rather than being filled with the spirit of Jim, Beam, or Johnny Walker, Carlton, Draft, whatever your poison is, the advice in verse 18 is to fill up with the Holy Spirit. And that ought to lead to joyful praise and worship. Did you notice when it was read out that we we actually speak to one another? When we sing as well as to the Lord Jesus? Did you notice that we sing with our mouths, but it's also about the music in our hearts that we offer up to Him in praise? Worship that builds others up as well as exalts Jesus, that comes not just from our mouths but from our hearts. That's what's produced if you're filled with the right kind of spirit. And the last concrete detail he gives us there in Ephesians 5 is the idea in verse 20 of always giving thanks to God in everything. Let me say, if you want to know contentment, if you want to protect yourself from an unholy and unsightly attitude of entitlement, If you want to guard yourself against a bitter and critical spirit, if you want to remain soft-hearted towards other people, if you want to develop generosity and joy in your soul, there is almost nothing better you can do than to give thanks to God for everything, for every blessing, physical and spiritual, for each provision and apparent coincidence as it emerges, that we live in a city which is, by and large, by and by safe. For the warmth of the sun, thank you God, for the cloudy green sea, for the bright laughter of children, for other believers though they're imperfect, for the gift of the Holy Spirit who's at work in our lives sanding off the rough edges as we've already talked about, for life eternal and the hope of heaven. And that we mere creatures might have relationship with our Creator. That we can know God. Always giving thanks to God for everything. Now we have been declared light. Let us live as children of the light. Let us walk in holiness. Drunkenness, debauchery, thanklessness. Well they're dangerous things for the people of God. But true worship and vocal encouragement of one another and great gratitude are entirely fitting for those who've been declared holy because of all that Jesus has done for us. They're just a handful of concrete details. I guess there are many fruitless deeds of darkness to avoid. I also guess there are millions of ways that you can walk in the light. And so I wonder where the rubber hits the road for you, O child of the light. As we finish up, let's return to that opening question. Why do Christians do good stuff? Not to win or earn God's favour, which is to say out of fear, because we already have God's favour if we trust in Christ. Now we are light in the Lord. We don't do good stuff because it pays for us, pays off for us. It may not bring material benefits. Though living God's way will always be the best for us. We don't do good stuff out of pride because we feel superior to other people. We know we're not. For we were once in darkness and only the grace of God has changed that. Truth is, we do good stuff. We walk in holiness because that is what God has said we are in Christ Jesus. And holiness is a delight and not a burden because we know God is for us. And we live for Him with joy because we're growing into the people God has declared us to be into all eternity. And so we do to reflect who we now are. Now we are Light in the Lord, let us live as children of the light. I want to give us all a chance to respond. You've got you got to have a chance to respond, don't you? You can't hear this stuff and walk out and go buy some chips. You know, um, this passage doesn't actually tell us what you do if you're don't live in the light if you engage or indulge in fruitless deeds of darkness it doesn't say right here but we know what to do you've got to own your sin don't you you've got to take responsibility for it and not make excuses not blame others and and then you've got to confess it to God and perhaps confess it to people you've hurt as well and then you've got to use getting it wrong this time to help you get it right next time and then really we've got to bask in the light and forgiveness. That God has declared for us. So I'm going to give us a chance to do that. I'm going to give us uh, maybe 30 seconds or more and then uh, I'm going to say out this um, prayer and I'm going to find a seat somewhere amongst you there because you know whenever we pray from the front here we're not praying for you. You know that right? We're just praying with you. I hope you know that. So 30 seconds of quiet um, contemplation. You might want to confess some sins Uh, And then I'll pray with you and then we'll um, carry on. Let me pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are righteous and right are your judgments. Thank you for dealing with us according to your steadfast love and not according to our sin. Thank you for declaring us to be light in the Lord Jesus. You are always more ready to hear than we to pray and constantly give more than either we desire or deserve. Pour down on us the abundance of your mercy forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid or not sufficiently afraid and help us by your spirit to live as children of the light in jesus name amen